Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. My guest today is the creator of Happy Paws Bomb. She lives in Australia via Kansas and has a wicked sense of humor. Please give a sarcastic welcome to Sandy Davies. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show all the way from Australia. Appreciate you being here. An absolute pleasure. I've been looking forward to it. Good. We had a false start a couple weeks ago, so uh, it's the real deal this time. Yes, as long as no one, no workers, construction workers cut another major cable coming into the far north of Australia, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully those people that did are fired and no longer have a job. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited to talk about your product. Um, I'm fortunate enough that Sandy sent me a few samples. And I just have to say that with first looking at the package, I love the box. And when you open it, and you can see on the top that it has like a little surprise waiting for you there, the purple, and that's the little scoop or spatula um, that you use. And inside of it, it says, be happy. It's very positive product here. (laughs) And uh, soothe your bits, your bitchy bits. (laughs) <laughs> and then the the jar itself is pretty awesome. Um, the cap is wooden, right? Yeah, it's bamboo, so it's oh, from bamboo. a renewable source. Awesome. Yeah, That's even better. And it has the happy paws carved in with. Um, and what's the flower? So the flower is an orchid. Um, When I originally thought about wanting to do something for intimate dryness, I just wanted to be out there and bold. And I wanted this huge, like Georgia O'Keeffe-esque orchid where you could just obviously tell it was your vagina. (laughs) Because I just thought, you know, we need to out this issue. Um, And then my best friend from high school, who is now in San Francisco, designed a couple of really out there images for me that were just bang on exactly what I'd had in my vision mm-hmm. and took it to a few ladies and a few research groups. And they said, Oh, that's just horrifying. That's just too bold and too direct. So we <laughs> went back to one of Jamie's very first ideas that was more of like an orchid looking out instead of looking in. Mm. So still kind of the same concept, but just not quite so um, in your face. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, some people can be kind of sensitive to that, but I love it. I think it's a great logo. And we're going to talk a little bit about how Happy Happy Paws, I don't know why I want to keep saying Hoppy, but Happy (laughs) Paws, definitely uh, how it was created and came to be. But I just love the jar. I love the presentation. I love the logo. And um, it's definitely very inviting. It's not intimidating. And your tagline on your little instruction booklet is you'll love us from the very first glide. So tell me about Happy Paws, how it came to be and uh, where you want it to go. What's your vision? Yeah, well, I'm actually totally happy with the um, the Hoppy Paws as well, <laughs> because I do feel like it kind of gives you a little bit of a spring back in your step. 
Um, it, it all started the creation of it. So it's happy pause instead of menopause. Mm -hmm. So celebrating that second spring. Um, but with my creation of it, I've discovered that it's not just about perimenopause and menopause. It's about postmenopause. It's about chemotherapy. It's about endometriosis and my vision to sort of help a few other women with what I was going through has turned into this amazing opportunity to sort of spread the love, I suppose, and open up that platform to talk about dryness to a lot of other demographics as well as just those of us going through peri and minnow. Um, but it all started when I thought I was maybe too young to be having perimenopause, which I'm finding now is a common theme with our generation. We're just outrage that we're having these <laughs> symptoms. And then when the doctor says it's perimenopause, we think I'm way too young for that. Right. <laughs> I think we always had a vision that it was like something that happened to our grandmothers yeah, and not to us. Like we're just sort of hitting our stride now in our forties and fifties. It's, it's right. a bit of a different journey now. Yeah. yeah. And I've even asked my mom a couple of times just to kind of prepare myself, like what I should expect. And she's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't feel anything. I didn't experience anything. And I mean, she's going to be 88 this year. So who knows if her memory is that good. But <laughs> I'm like, yeah, mom, you're not helping me any. And then I have my sister over here that's like sweating bullets, literally sweats going down her forehead as she's like washing the dog, you know. So, <laughs> you know, I have both extremes to work from. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely feel the effects and I have been I'm 53 I think and uh it's probably since my late 40s I've been you know that's when it kind of started and I even went to the doctor and was like you know can you tell me if I'm perimenopause or menopause because my periods are getting all wacky and weird and you know because I was pretty regular and so when something like that changes it's like you know you kind of figure out if something's wrong, if it's the normal progression of how things are going. And she took this test that you, I guess you can take a test, hormone test to see if you're in menopause. And she's like, nope, you're not in menopause. And that's all she said. She didn't say anything about perimenopause. She didn't educate me. She didn't say, she didn't even like direct me towards any resources to find out more information. And this was a gynecologist. That's such a huge chorus from probably millions, actually, when we look at how many tens of millions of us are going through this right now on the planet. But so many women have the same experience. And I just find it baffling that we have doctors that we trust, but they aren't giving us any information about the waist down. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of how the whole journey of creating Happy Paws started for me. Um, I was having perimenopausal symptoms. It was at the same time that I was caring for my mum and her health was deteriorating. So mm -hmm. we were juggling lots of things at the same time. I was moving from full-time work to part-time work to make sure there was always someone at home with my mum. So I only had little windows and living remote. I had to drive an hour and a half each way to see the doctor. Wow. Usually had to wait weeks to get in because we have a doctor crisis or shortage in regional areas. So it would be such a big deal that I really needed to talk about these things. And he would say, oh, well, it's just perimenopause. And that was it. Like mm -hmm. there was no further com conversation. And probably the fourth time I went and said, this is ridiculous. These 
flooding periods. And I didn't even know that it was actually called a flooding event. Mm. Um, but quite often with perimenopause, you can have these huge, heavy periods and longer periods. And like, mm. I was like you, I was like clockwork. And all of a sudden they were long, they were weird. Um, and I found myself just, my, I wasn't having hot flashes yet then, but I was just getting hot from the inside out. And with the heavy periods, um, I started to have really severe dryness, which once again, I didn't know that that was a thing during mm-hmm. perimenopause because the information wasn't out there. And he just kept saying, well, maybe don't, don't use tampons as much. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. This is so heavy. <laughs> what? <laughs> but, and then, you know, it's so, well, if you're not coping with perimenopause, maybe we could offer counseling. Mm. Mm-hmm. counseling is important in so many ways for so many things, but it does not fix a dry vagina. Right. <laughs> um, so when I went to the chemist, I discovered that most of the treatments for us for vulval and vaginal dryness are huge in volume. Mm-hmm. Um, like most treatments would be half a jar of happy paws for one treatment. Oh, wow. And like happy paws should get you through a month if you have very, very dry um, very severe dryness issues. So I went to the chemist, put this huge amount of stuff into my bits, and then I had an allergic reaction. Mm. And, and that's honestly, not someplace you want an allergic reaction. No, I, I just, I could have flayed my skin with clamshells. It was so horrific. It was such an intimate area. And then to have a reaction, looked at the chemical ingredients on the back of what I'd been given. It never occurred to me to look beforehand. Holy dooly. It was so huge. Just the list of things that you really don't want to put up there. Right. Um, Which led me on the journey to try to create something natural and vegan. And I originally wanted to do organic, but I've got one ingredient that I can't quite source organically, but I have sourced ethically. So it's just lovely having something natural that you know isn't going to hurt you or create bigger issues. Um, whether you're on HRT or you just want something natural solely. So did you have like some test subjects before you, uh, started selling it? Did you have people that were willing to try it? Like your friends and family? (laughs) That's well, well, I was the main guinea pig to hit the home run. And then (laughs) I started having bigger local test groups with first with other women that were having issues. And the response with everyone was euphoric. And then I just started to get a general population of women to have a go. And that was what I found the most interesting because when you try to have that conversation, the first thing we want to do is recoil back and say, I don't have any problems because there's something about admitting that you maybe have dryness or any kind of issue with your intimates. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you're admitting that there's something wrong with you, which there's not. It's physiological, but we just... It's, I guess because it's our core, we feel like we have to be ready to attack. There's nothing wrong. I don't have dryness. <laughs> <laughs> and what I discovered was that when I put it out further, women that didn't have dryness but just said, I'll give it a go, said, oh, my God, I didn't realize. I just didn't have severe dryness. I feel so much better. Yeah, and, and that's probably taken me to the next level of now I just I've kind of become obsessed with being the girl that says, or woman that says, if you feel good down there, you feel good everywhere. Cause it's not just about if you have such severe dryness that you have 
micro tears and difficulty mm. with, you know, softeners and detergent and everything. Sometimes it can just be that odd little thing that makes you wiggle or not be able to sit still or get up multiple times in the cinema or not want to garden for as long as you have in the past. I think our, um, our vulva and vagina just get tired and they just need pampering. Part of my happy pause giving back is that I give back a portion of all proceeds to the period project. Hmm. Um, but the period project is actually one, one component of a larger umbrella of the Melbourne national homelessness collective. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My plan was never to stay in Australia. I came here for graduate study and actually back in Kansas, I had a bumper sticker on my car. A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Right. <laughs> um, and like all through college, I had been the one that always did all these speeches for the new girls about, you know, how to say no for a start and like to never give up your dreams and your visions for an MRS degree, you know, like, you know, never change mm. your plans for a man. Mm. MRS um, degree. That's cute. That's funny. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then here I was in Australia, just tootling along my little thing to get my degree done. And I met my soulmate halfway through my degree mm. by, I don't know, it was just completely unexpected. And he was the complete antithesis to anything I would have thought I was ever to the kind of person I ever thought I would be with, I suppose, mm-hmm. but it was just a nanosecond and the world changed wow. in the second that we met. And I used to always just gag about that kind of stuff. <laughs> and here you are experiencing it. <laughs> um, so I refused to believe in it. And I stomped back with my feminist boots on and took a position at a university in the States and then realized I'd left my heart behind. Mm. So ended up back in Australia so you are going to introduce me to one of Australia's most popular, what do you call it? Um, most popular breakfast spreads, I suppose, I would, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an essential part of Australian culture. I was actually on holiday in Hawaii and we were moving between accommodation places and I had like a whole bag of stuff in like a little clear plastic bag and didn't even realize that the screeching was related to me, but a guy literally screeched to a stop and reversed back up the asphalt and then came running towards me. And I thought he was like running past me. So I just (laughs) kept on. (laughs) And he said, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Is that Vegemite? Um, had this huge conversation. His wife was Australian. Um, he'd been in Australia for a while with, with her and then they'd moved back to the islands. And he said, seriously, I will pay you anything for that jar of Vegemite I saw in your bag. (laughs) (laughs) So it was so exciting just to give him the Vegemite. And, um, and I had actually at the same time, I had sayos as well, which are similar to saltines, but for an Aussie, not quite the same. And then like when I pulled out the bag of sayos as well, he nearly wet his pants. He was like, oh, I'm going to be in the good books for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you also sent some little packets with your um, happy paws bomb. So I have these little travel packets and there's actually a little theme song. Uh, it's a commercial. It's a jingle that I'm going to play for you right now. We all enjoy our veggie pie for breakfast, lunch, and tea. Our mommies say we're growing stronger. 
And that's a jingle that you can definitely, I actually, when I was researching the jingle, I was playing it a couple of times and I actually like woke up the next day with this jingle in my head singing this song. (laughs) I love it. It's, It's actually one of those things that every Australian knows those lyrics as well as the national anthem. And when I actually came abroad to do my master's degree in Australia, I think that probably a lot of the Aussies that I was living with in the communal living made sure we knew the Vegemite song probably even before the national anthem. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, what is Vegemite exactly? Well, it's actually the Australian version of a British product called Marmite. So Marmite is actually the dregs and the scum at the bottom of a beer barrel for want of a better... um, better explanation. It's all of the sediment when you're making heavy stout that drops to the bottom of the barrel mm-hmm. and it's very concentrated with vitamin B. Um, so it was then manufactured into a spread to try to improve the health of sailors um, and soldiers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then it just, it spread from there and became a bit of a national food for the British and also for the colonial Australians. Um, The Vegemite, I think, is actually a smoother taste than the British Marmite. Mm -hmm. But if you are ever in a pub or a bar or a meeting where you've got Brits and Aussies, start the Marmite-Vegemite debate because it's quite (laughs) interesting to listen to. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Well, Vegemite's been in Australia since 1923. Mm. So I'm trying to think of something that we could equate it here with the U.S., but... Um... Well, I kind of equate it to peanut butter, mm-hmm. but that might just be my own baggage because when <laughs> I came to Australia to college to study, um, the all the Aussie boys loved the American girls because we were a bit gullible, I suppose. Mm-hmm because we thought, oh, they're such lovely blokes. They're taking us under their wing. And then the first morning of breakfast, they would like all be on you like a rash and say, oh, let us help. Let us show you how to do an Australian breakfast. And they'd lead you through the cafeteria line. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, this cordial, it's amazing. It's just like American Kool-Aid. You'll need a few glasses. So you'd (laughs) pour a few glasses of cordial. And then they'd say, ah, and this is Vegemite. It's like American peanut butter. You're going to want to put it really thick on your toast. So you get like a big tablespoon and put it on your toast. Right. And like everybody else is just kind of shirking away and not really wanting to spoil their fun. And then you sit down and all these boys sitting with you because you're the new girl. Um, And they're all waiting with bated breath. And then you take your bite of Vegemite that you've got on like a tablespoon thick. And then your eyes pop out of your head. So you go to grab the cordial and then you're halfway through your first glass of cordial when you realize it's a concentrate and it's not included. And all these boys that were hanging around waiting for your next breath are falling on the floor laughing like koalas. Well, kookaburras. (laughs) (laughs) So it was always the big, big joke with um, 
with any American students to make sure that they tried Vegemite as thick as peanut butter, which is totally the wrong way to do it. Even though when Hugh Jackman got Oprah to try it, she was like, oh, this isn't bad. I don't know what everyone was going on about. I'll have some more. And she went to grab a big, thick knife of it. And he's saying, Oprah, I don't think you should do that. She's like, no, it's great. (laughs) Nah. I think she actually, I have to go back and find the footage. I think she actually spat the second thick bite out. <laughs> right. She thought she was being all brave and everything. Yeah. But it's lovely. Very, very thin. So yeah. you ready to have a go? Yeah. I mean, you have, you gave me a grocery list of things that I needed. Um, I'm going to slowly open this package you gave me. But you had me get tomato, cheese, crackers, and butter. So it's not like you just, well, I can smell this already and it's barely near my face. Yeah, it's uh, just such a strong, strong flavor. It's really nice and stir fry with your extra packets. Oh, yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, it looks chocolate, deceivingly like chocolate. Yeah, it is certainly not Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> so what's yeah, the so process? There, so there's two processes. With the first one, you can take your... Um, your saltine and just put a little put a tiny little spread of Vegemite on that one probably probably about half of your little packet oh sorry and I already had mine buttered I should have said you have a little bit of margarine or butter or cashew butter or whatever okay, your so favorite is I put the is. butter first put the butter first and then just spread that Vegemite on there nice and thin okay let me get the Vegemite Nice and thin. Yeah, so just, yeah, and it'll sort of blend in with the butter and not look quite so dark. And then you want to do the same to a second cracker. With the butter and the Vegemite? Yep. Okay. And my experience, I was doing um, a bit of aged care volunteering, Mm -hmm. and we always had um, Vegemite and Sayos for morning tea. And I I realized. usually eat it. Yeah, so um, with your toast in the morning, with toast and a cup of tea, mm-hmm. or morning tea with um, sayos and depending on your um, depending on your taste buds. But I also discovered not just your taste buds. There was kind of a geographical line as well. I found um, a lot of the Italian ladies of Italian descent like to have on top of their Vegemite cracker a little slice of cheese. Okay. And a little slice of tomato. Okay. I got that. Cheese, tomato. So that tended to be, I discovered, the European descent preference among most of the people that I spent time with when I was preparing morning teas for ladies. Mm -hmm. And then I found that a lot of the ladies of, like, Scottish, British, English descent preferred plain. Okay. So I thought, well, we can taste it both ways and you can see which, which way you like, or you can give it a big veto as well. But I think you <laughs> might like, just, it's such an, a unique taste that even you might at the start go, oh, oh, I hate this. I don't think I'm having it again. And then you're going to message me in like 10 days going, oh, I woke up and I had a craving and I had to have it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that day happens. So which cracker should I try first? The one that's plain or the one that's loaded? I will try the plain first. Okay. I'm going to try it on the side that I have very little. (laughs) Okay, maybe that was too little. 
It should go to those taste buds mm. on the side of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting because when you talked about it, I um, looked up some video on YouTube about Vegemite, and there was one video where some Americans were trying different Aussie products like Vegemite, mm. and then there were some like chips, like pizza chips or something, pizza crackers. Oh, yeah. Shapes, yeah. Yeah. And then there were a couple other things. So it was just interesting to see other people's reaction to it. Um, yeah. It actually wasn't that bad when it spread out with butter. I mean, you can definitely get the hint of the the barley. Um, yeah. So it's actually pretty, I mean, it's fine. I'm going to try, it- try one more bite with a little bit more. And if you're ever at like an Aussie party or an Aussie themed party, they'll quite often serve it with red wine. Mm. So they'll have little sayos and things with red wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not bad. It's an evening thing. Yeah. It's pretty subtle. So maybe people that try it just, I think what they do is they basically just eat it from the jar. Maybe that's what's so shocking. Yeah. About it. Or just put it on too thick and then, yeah, your mouth just has a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're going to try the loaded one with the tomato. And yeah. Cheese. And the, the tomato just sort of, it must be the acidity of the tomato or something just blends. Not that I'm a chef or foodie, but it must be the acidity of the tomato. I think that kind of blends with the Vegemite. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Snack. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, this is a bit like that. Um, what was that sensory thing you and Shane the asthma. did? Yeah, I was just thinking of that. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna mention that. <laughs> it's definitely some uh, Vegemite asthma. <laughs> but I'm definitely gonna give um, Shaylani some because she actually likes it. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be lovely for her to have some as well. Not bad, not bad. Can barely even taste it. So see, you are um, an adopted Aussie already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one surprise for you. So when I was doing the YouTube thing, I came across, do you know what fairy bread is? Oh, <laughs> yes. So... For those that don't know fairy bread, it's an Australian an Australian treat that's served at children's birthday parties. And it's kind of like the OG of unicorn toast, I guess. But I have a plate full here. I wish I was there so you could have some. Oh my goodness, yes. I would absolutely grab some. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I can't believe you made fairy bread. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, this isn't like white bread. This is like Dave's killer bread, so it's probably a little too healthy. Mm. And I was at the store today, and they had Wonder Bread on the shelf. I just couldn't bring myself to buy it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but the sprinkles. Yeah, that naughty white bread would have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But basically, it's white bread, and you cut off the crusts, and you butter it. And then you kind of dip it in the, I think you guys call it 100s and 1,000s. 
Yeah, we call them hundreds and thousands. And I can't remember what you call them over there. They're with the like sugar. Yeah. Um, sugar cookie decorations. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. We, bas- we basically just call them sprinkles. Um, but one hundreds and thousands sounds so much cooler. So I haven't tried it yet. So I'm going to try it right now. See what happens. It's a nice contrast to the Vegemite as well. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Butter I think sprinkles. our American our American childhood equivalent isn't even a bread thing. It would probably be those little jelly squares. Remember when you, when the mm. um, cafeteria ladies would add a bit of extra gelatine and you'd have those um, jello squares that were actually, you could pick them up with your fingers and everything. Like the candy? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember having cinnamon um, toast a lot as a kid. Oh, well, oh, actually, yeah, cinnamon toast is probably more of our American equivalent. Yeah. So what do you reckon? Um, not that good. <laughs> I could see the appeal for kids, though, because <laughs> it's basically just butter, bread, and sugar. Eh. But... um. Unless I got the wrong sprinkles, I don't know. But no, I think it's probably a childhood taste. I reckon. Yeah, but, um, it's kind of like a lot of childhood things that we grow up with, and then we try them as adults, and it's like, ooh, I don't remember it tasting like this. When, whenever you're an expat, you develop weird cravings, and you have weird memories of of food, and it's food that you would never ever eat if you were still living stateside. Right. Um, <laughs> because I actually love cheap white bread like Wonder Bread with mayonnaise and fried bologna. Mm. And I would never eat that, I think, if I still lived in America. But because I'm so far away, it ends up being one of the weird things I crave. Um, Mm -hmm. And Hamburger Helper, (laughs) which is just a big box of chemicals. And yet I'm like, oh, Hamburger Helper. (laughs) Or like Kraft Macaroni and Cheese and... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I have, I grew up having a tomato sandwich, which is basically Wonder Bread, mayo, and slices of tomato. And I actually had one of those for lunch last week because <laughs> after our first try at this, I had tomato left over. And, you know, what better way to eat it but on a tomato sandwich? Yeah, and, and I reckon sometimes those things that you enjoyed when you were young, having them as an adult, it just makes it a bit of a feel-good day. Your day's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was great. I appreciate you um, making me an honorary Aussie. Oh, I, I reckon you already had that title even before you tried the Vegemite. <laughs> having the amazing Sandy from Women Beyond 40 on the cover of your inaugural magazine. Oh, wow. <laughs> you are our sister. You are our Aussie sister. All of us over here that have enjoyed following you and watching the magazine grow. Well, thank you. I yeah. hope to get over there soon in person so we can all hang out and have some Vegemite together. We would absolutely love that. We'll make plenty of opportunities happen for you when you get this way. Awesome. Awesome. So how can people get your Happy Paws balm and how should they reach out? Yep. So reach out through our website, happypaws.com.au. You can also find me and then links to the website on socials um, at happypaws underscore menopause. Um, it is going to be available in a couple of shops in San Francisco, hopefully in the next probably six to eight weeks. Oh, great. Um, 
Congratulations. Yeah. Um, life and the general and one other. So I'll be sure that I do a bit of shout out to any Californians when they're in stock there in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And they're available in the UK through Cavu Clothing, which is a dry wicking hot flush um, nightwear. And yeah, at the moment, the main source is direct through me, largely because of my desire to try to keep Happy Paws affordable. Mm-hmm. And the price point was about three times higher if I tried to look at using major distributors. Oh, wow. And I live in an area where there are a lot of women that are surviving solely on um, the pension. Mm-hmm. And I wanted people that were maybe struggling to juggle things financially to not feel like it was a hardship or something that they couldn't access. Great. Well, I think it's a great product and it's definitely something that midlife women need. So, um, good luck to you. And if there's anything I can do to help with the, uh, happy pause on the state side, let me know. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much for that. And yes, as midlife women, we all need to, midlife women, we all need to be happy. That's right. (laughs) And soothe your bits. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Sandy, for being on the show. Oh, thank you, Kathy. This was absolutely awesome. And you're our Aussie sister now. (laughs) With a rose in every cheek. (laughs) Right. Or or orchid. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast, an independent podcast. We welcome and encourage your snarky comments. Contact us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at womenwhosarcast. Support us on Patreon and become part of our sarcastic community. Visit www dot patreon dot com backslash women who sarcast show music provided by Mike Imbasiani. 